Welcome on into another episode of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130. Maybe you're listening live Saturday night from 5 to 6. Maybe listen to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app. You can do that as well. Or maybe checking it out way down the line. You can do it all on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome on into Outdoor Adventures. I'm your host, Stan Poggle, and my good buddy, legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer, Chris Kudak, who... We'll get into it later here, buddy. But <laughs> I tell you what, you are something else. Yeah, well, just be careful what you what kind of worms you open up tonight, though. Oh, I know. We we have the colonel, the the head honcho from the DNR Enforcement Division joining us right away to start off the show. So if you're uh hoodlums out there, you better listen up. Yeah, yeah, he's uh we got we got to find out how he did. He was up fishing with his wife, I understand, through the grapevine. They were up in that big storm, and I don't know if they were on leech or red or one of them, but I, I heard she outfished him. Is that true, Mister Smith? Uh, evening, guys. How's it going? We're uh, doing good. Well, you know, she. I guess you got to look at it this way: is uh, she caught more fish, but I had to take them off. So I, I, I guess I get an assist on every one that she got. But uh, yeah, we did. Uh, we were up on red um, last weekend, and uh, kind of we knew the storm was coming. We were prepared. We had enough propane and gas, and we caught a lot of fish. And uh, just uh, got a little hairy uh, trying to get off. We ended up staying a day later than we could till the plow trucks got out there. Yeah, it could get pretty ugly up there. I know a couple of years ago I ran into a situation where I kind of started heading off the lake and wish I wouldn't have, but uh, thankfully everything worked out for the better. But sounds like you had some interesting conditions, and, I mean, it's it's been a bad year for ice fishermen out there uh, and people traveling on the lakes. Uh, I know I just read a story here out of Okaboji here a couple of days ago where a guy was, believe it or not, walking his cats in a stroller, so get that visual in your head. Across the, would do. Yeah, and uh, he fell through and he had to be saved. So I mean, it's it's bad everywhere. It sounds like. Yeah, you know, I, uh, you know, there's 18 good inches on red, and uh, you know they got that that snow that came through. It put a lot of weight on there. Um, it's a lot. There's a lot of slush. You know, talking with some of the resorts, um, I think they're just starting to let some uh, uh, ice castle or wheelhouse rigs back out there again. But you know, Leach has got some. Didn't have a lot of ice, and then they got some snow, you know. So now more than ever, you know, we always preach, you know, uh, when you talk about ice conditions and everything that you, you know, stop the local bait store, you stop at the resort. Now more than ever, you need to do that because, you know, southern part of the state or southern three-quarters of the state, there wasn't a lot of good ice before we got a lot of good snow. Um, so you're really, it's more important than ever, you know, a lot of these resorts have websites or uh, Facebook or Twitter or all that other social media stuff, so really make sure that you uh, check it out before you. If you're from the cities or traveling north, make sure you look ahead to see what kind of ice conditions are. And those folks that run those resorts, they do a damn good, or darn good job of you know, making sure that uh, they're not going to let anybody out with unsafe ice conditions. Well, you bet. You know, I, I, I look at the Facebook once in a while, and they got people on there that are, yeah, you know, I'm going up to this lake, or I'm going to that lake, you know, can I get on the public access, or you know what? These resorts are in the business. They're out checking ice every day. I mean, you, you might have to pay them 10 bucks now because they got roads plowed out. Some places are letting four-wheelers and side-by-sides and snowmobiles. And some places they've been out flooded. And, you know, they got good ice. They're only going to let you go so far because they got, you know, ice out where they're where you can go. But 
it's been one of them winners. You got to be careful. I mean, I pulled up a deal. I see the post from Red Lake up at one of the resorts there that there was a nice big wheelhouse and he was in slush up the water. They were trying to get him out. And it's, you know, I talked to guys up, oh, up by Hill City that fish in little lakes up there that, you know, they got the big side by side with the tracks on them that can't get out there because it's, it's, it's you know, you got to be careful. You know, go over and talk to a resort. Go talk to a guy. Go to the bait store. You go to these public access, you're on your own. And I mean, once you get out there, you know, these guys got customers, so they'll come out and help you, but it's going to take them a while to get there because they got other stuff going on. Chatting with Rodman Smith, the head honcho with the DNR Enforcement Division here on Outdoor Adventures. And Rodman, I wanted to ask you, just out of curiosity, uh, and I don't know if you can even answer this, but does it seem to be more the old timer, or not old timers, but, you know, the experienced fishermen, or is it more people new to the ice fishing thing that are, uh, I guess, uh, causing the most issues when it comes to, you know, four-wheelers, trucks, what have you, going through the ice? Well, what we're seeing is uh, with the wheelhouse craze, um, you know, it's really taken off here in the last couple of years. You're seeing a lot of folks, which is a good thing, they're getting into ice fishing, some of them for the first time, or they haven't had a lot of experience. And so, you know, some of those folks are, are, are kind of running into trouble. You know, some of the folks that have been around, especially when they have those big wheelhouses, you know, we are going out on, uh, up on Red last weekend. There are people piling off saying, I've, I've been on a storm before. I don't want to get caught in another one. We're going to head home. I don't want to be stranded out here for another day. So, you know, it's a little bit of a mix, but, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see all these new folks that are uh, getting into ice fishing because of, well, what I call it is basically ice camping because uh, some of those uh, wheelhouses are so nice. They're, they're probably nicer than my house. So, Yeah, they definitely make some nice ones. It's uh, more like sitting around playing cards and, and seeing if something bites with uh, a lot of people I hang out with. But I wanted to congratulate you too, Rod. we got three, uh, 13 new folks uh, manning the stations out there as new conservation officers, and I know... You guys do these academies every year, and maybe there's somebody out there listening right now that wants to get into the field. How about do they do that, and, and how does the process uh, start and end? Yeah, so, you know, we got 13 that just finished. Well, actually, 12. Uh, we have one one of our uh, recruits uh, is uh, is uh, in the guard, and he just got deployed, so he's going to have to finish his training when he gets back. But, uh, you know, we they uh, started their training last May. Uh, the, the academy goes through probably into um, July. Then they graduate. They go through field training, and um, now uh, they're done with field training, and they're in their station. So we're actually already in the middle of uh, hiring for our next academy, and that's going to start in May year 2020. And um, we're not quite sure how many people we're going to be putting on yet, um, but uh, we got to kind of see what the numbers look like. But, um, you know, that, that academy will start here in May, and, um, hopefully we can get another dozen or so on because we're short about uh, probably 12, 12 to 15 stations right now. So um, the uh, nice to put the dog get them all full. But, you know, people that are interested in uh, becoming a conservation officer, there's kind of two paths. So um, we have the traditional path where you can go to school and get a, a minimum of a two-year degree in law enforcement. And then uh, you take your peace officer standard training board test or post test, uh, just like any other law enforcement officer in the state, and we'll put you through our traditional academy. But about six years ago, you know, we, we saw that uh, there was a lot of folks that wanted to make some career changes, and, uh, you know, it was just too hard for them to 
you know, go back to school and get that peace officer license uh, through, through some community college or whatnot. And so we started a program called SEAL Prep. And so what that does is it, uh, if you have a two-year degree in anything, uh, we'll hire you on and we'll send you to Hennepin County Tech College. We'll pay for you to take the classes, to, to get the, all the classes you need to, to be a conservation officer. So there's two pathways if you want to make a career change. Or if you're coming through, uh, just going into school, getting out of high school and, you know, starting your college career, there's that traditional path as well. And I tell you what, uh, it's, it's been a real success for us at SEAL Prep program. Uh, getting a lot of people, um, coming in that, uh, you know, just couldn't make that mid-career change on their own. And, uh, was, we're fortunate that the legislature gave us some money to, uh, help us get this program up and running. Is it something you've been seeing less and less people um, becoming CEO officers, or you know, the trend nationwide is that there's less, fewer and fewer people going into law enforcement, and um, you know, it's not just you know we thought we might be um, a little um, insulated from it because conservation law enforcement being a game warden is a little different than uh, being a city cop or a deputy or a trooper, but you know, we're seeing our numbers of applications. Um, you know, decreasing um, along with uh, the rest of law enforcement, not only nationally, but uh, statewide here in Minnesota. Chatting with Rodman Smith, the uh, chief head honcho there at the Department of Natural Resources on the conservation officer side. We'll chat more with him in the next segment. Uh, I wanted to ask him about coming up here. I got some new Game and Fish Fund oversight members and lots of other committees that Minnesotans are helping out as far as the outdoors go, and also uh, some stuff on some deer management, and also uh, DNR looking like they're going to simplify the spring turkey hunting license process as well. So we'll get to that and more when we continue here on Outdoor Adventures. If you have a question for the Colonel, give us a call, 651-989-5855. That's what's going to happen to you. Be breaking rocks in the hot sun if you don't listen to our guest here today, Robin Smith, director of the DNR Enforcement Division here on Outdoor Adventures. I'm Stan Poggle and Chris Kuduk alongside me as well. Well, Rodman, I know this is something that uh, I think recently changed as far as I know, but what's this whole uh, hoopla about their, their, their taking the lottery away, make it a little bit easier, it sounds like, for those turkey hunters out there? Yeah, so, you know, I tell you what, one success story in this state has been wild turkeys. I mean, you can't swing a dead cat pretty much anywhere in the state without hitting them. And so, you know, our, our wildlife folks uh, did a great job working with, uh, you know, uh, WTF or, and uh, or the National Wild Turkey Federation and private landowners. And, um, so the, the birds have really flourished here statewide. Um, you know, they started to... Uh, uh, Propose a rule here, and I think it passed um, that uh, you know you no longer have to apply for the A or B season for spring turkey licenses. So, really, you can buy your license over the counter starting March first. Um, the only place that you probably you need to apply for lottery is if you're going to hunt in a couple WMAs, that's uh, Mille Lacs, Carlos Avery, or Whitewater Wildlife Management areas. And I think that's uh, I think I believe it's a January 24th, deadline, but you might want to make sure and check that just off the top of my head here. So, but yeah, so they're trying to make it easier, and 
Um, you know, the, one of the reasons they kept the A and B seasons is because of all the hunting pressure, and um, they're going to leave that. And just You can buy them over the counter now, so it's a good deal for everybody. Well, I got mine already tied up. We got him in the feeder every day. He's got a he's got a beard <laughs> dragging on the girl on the ground. And, <laughs> and we've been seeing him. We named him, we named the turkey Ron Cher. <laughs> so I I <laughs> I'm laughing. It's a, it's at a buddy of mine's house, and he's got bird feeders out and his turkeys in there. And Ron Ron deer hunts on his property, so we've been picking on Ron, saying, "Well, we got your turkey tied up for you. You should be able to shoot this one." But you know, when turkey season comes around, that turkey will probably be up in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, 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 how how is uh, is license for ice fishing and and all that is 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 uh, you seeing a lot? I mean, we know there's a lot of wheelhouses everywhere. I mean, I'm up. I was up on Malax today. And <laughs> there's a lot of people out fishing, and, and it, it really surprised me today. Yeah, I mean the wheelhouse craze has really exploded um you know and, and so i mean you get uh north of black duck and it's a wheelhouse uh highway going uh, either between red or lake of the woods and back uh, south again so um you know it, it, we're seeing a lot more of them um it's it's you know there are some challenges now with some of these wheelhouses uh, we're seeing some issues with some litter um you know people are um I guess not being very good stewards, there's some of them were finding a dumping their black water right off onto the out of the lake, and so you know with everything, though there's always those couple knuckleheads, but uh hopefully uh people that are out there and then they're in groups see people you know leaving bags of garbage and stuff like that, they can you know see something, say something, and tell them to knock it off. Yeah, definitely got to protect our uh, resources, and it's just it's just common sense. And that that was uh, one thing I was gonna gonna ask you too. I, I'm guessing it's just like anything else, whether it's DWIs or theft or burglaries or murders or whatever. It's always a small percentage kind of doing the same thing over and over. And that's what I wanted to ask you, uh, Rodman Smith, as our guest with the DNR, is that you know it, is there a point where People lose their privileges because, you know, I mean, I know it's out of state, but I've seen these conservation shows on TV and stuff, and and it seems like they're catching the same people three, four times without a fishing license, for example, or over the limit, and it it just seems like the penalties aren't really harsh enough to, to I guess, deter folks from, from cheating the system sometimes. Yes, yeah, so, you know, I mean, you talk about percentages, you know, I mean, we sell one and a half million fishing licenses in a year, and, you know, obviously we don't write that many tickets. I mean, it's a very small percentage of that. Um, but, you know, as far as, you know, um, penalties go, if you get you know, two taking violations within like a three-year period, you can get your license revoked. Um, we have a, in Minnesota, what's called the gross over limits, and so law, so if you're, uh, if, if, if you illegally take uh, too many walleyes or shoot too many deer and those restitution values hit certain thresholds um you know your license can be revoked for uh, for a couple of years and then uh, minnesota's part of what's called the wildlife violator compact and it's um 48 of the 50 states are part of it so if your hunting license is revoked in minnesota it'll be revoked um, in the other 48 states for the same amount of time that it's revoked in Minnesota. So if someone from Minnesota goes out to Montana and 
illegally takes an elk and they get their license taken away from them in Montana, that means in Minnesota you can't hunt either until that license is reinstated in Montana. So, you know, there are penalties there. Um, you know, there's just some people that, you know, it doesn't matter what the penalty is. People, to be quite honest, they get stupid when it comes to wanting to shoot big deer or big bear yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, there's not a lot of penalties that are going to, you know, penalty provisions that are going to prevent some people from doing that type of stuff. Or, or over, go catch your limit of fish one day, go back out the next day and catch another two limits. And, I mean, yeah. you know, there's a lot of that. You know, how many fish can a guy eat? I mean, that's, uh, I mean, you catch your fish, you, you clean them, you go home and eat them. You know, and I've, I've, I've seen it a lot and I just look at these people going, how many fish do you need? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, we've, we've done some work too where, you know, there's people that are going out and they're catching all these fish and they're doing big fish fries and they're, uh, stuff like that. But, you know, a lot of these folks that are, way over their limit um it's 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 amazing how many fish they're actually keeping and uh but you know it's a small percentage again you know the the vast majority of people that are out there out having fun they they keep a few fish to eat and uh you know it's it's great to see especially with these wheelhouses not to get back on wheelhouses but it's, it's especially neat to see that this is a really good avenue for young kids to get into fishing um because it's nice and warm and they can you know, catch fish. So, and they can also play Nintendo on the TV, <laughs> or or uh, you know, and do whatever. You know, it's it. it I mean, there's some of these wheelhouses I've seen that you know you can put your 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 depth finder unit on there. You can, I mean, you can put your underwater camera on there. Now, but like you said, it's it's good for the for these young kids to get out there. They're learning something. They're having fun. They're not on the computer. Well, I guess. Yeah, they're probably on the computer in somebody's really nice houses, but you know the old skid houses are are kind of thing of the past. Though it's 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 all wheel houses. I mean, I come I come up one sixty nine this this afternoon, and it was snowmobiles, portable fish houses, and wheel houses. And I mean, it was nonstop going north. Yeah, and I tell you what, the other thing we got going this winter. I mean, the ice conditions aren't possibly the greatest on a lot of these lakes, but snow conditions statewide are phenomenal. And so uh, this is one of those years where uh, I think we'll have a lot of folks out on a snowmobile trail. I've seen a lot of groomers out and about. Um, you know, we got good snow, most basically statewide. So it's going to be a really good year for those folks that like to uh, snowmobile. And one last thing I wanted to hit on you. It seems like you guys are starting more and more of these oversight committees where you basically, you know, take applications from the citizens and then you pick a few of those and, you know, from all different walks of life and different areas. Um, and it looks like there's just been a, quite a few appointed to two year terms, but I was surprised on how many of them there were. I mean, is this something that's been going on quite a while or is this kind of a new, new thing that, that the DNR is doing or the state's doing? Well, we've had the the Game and Fish Budget Oversight Committee and the, the Fisheries Oversight Committee and the Wildlife Oversight Committee here for a number of years. Um, you know, um, you know some of these other things. Um, you know, with some of these management, uh, the other ma- species management committees that are starting to come up and running. You know, those are those are a little newer, and you know, it's trying to get more stakeholder, more people that are actually out there doing the hunting and fishing. Um, to have input on, you know, some of the direction on some of the management plans here at DNR. And so it's a good thing. I mean, it's great to see people that are 
wanting to, you know, commit. I mean, they don't get paid. They probably get gas mileage in a, in a cold ham sandwich when they show up to the meeting, but, you know, they're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because we got a lot of people that care about the natural resources here in the state of Minnesota. And so when we have these committees, it's great to see the number of people that apply and want to help out. Well, I keep telling Kudak he needs to get on a couple of these. Yeah, well, you know, I'm pretty busy. <laughs> Isn't that always his answer, Rodman? Well, I did see him at the ice fishing show in St. Paul. He said he was working, but he just looked like he was standing around talking to a lot of people. So. Well, and what were you doing? I was trying to find treasures to buy. <laughs> yeah, Okay, we'll just leave it at that. Your brother was with you, and I, I, I know what you were doing. I, you, were, you were relaxing. I think he was doing community relations, right, Rodman? You have to meet yeah, the, oh, meet the yeah. people out there, the fishermen, the hunters, the, the uh, ice fishermen. So, I mean, you're, you're just doing your job. Absolutely. Dan, no Dan he was incognito. No he had a pair of shorts on, an old beat-up old shirt, a hat on. <laughs> you, I had to look at him three times to recognize him. He didn't want anybody to recognize him when he was down there. Yeah, yeah. no, I tell you, there's, there's no bigger sucker than an ice fisherman because they'll buy any gadget, and I'm one of those guys that'll buy any gadget. <laughs> so I, if you want to buy gadgets, the ice fishing show is the place to go. It's a lot of fun. I love that show. Yes, and they, they, they did. I got to walk around some down there and look at stuff, but you know, I've been doing it for. I've been. I mean, I don't think I missed one of them shows in years. That you get all the new tackle with the new colors on it, the rattles and the spinners and this and that, and and the fishing rods. I mean, it, it's a, it's a place to go. I mean, if you're going to find anything, you go to the ice show, the, the the new augers. I mean, the new clothes and the new boots. I mean. If you ain't going to walk in there and spend a couple hundred bucks, you, you shouldn't even go there because you're going to spend money. I think we lost Rodman, but we wanted to thank him for joining us. He's still there, Rob? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to probably have to let you go anyway. We're coming up on a hard break here, but I want to appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, hopefully we run into you in person soon and we can catch up again. Yeah, anytime, but I appreciate you having me on. Thanks. That's well, a- if you get up to Malax, give me a call. We'll go out and uh, do a little fishing. Oh, that sounds like that sounds like trouble waiting to happen, Kuduk. Oh no, no, we, me, me and old Colonel, we get along just fine. All right, well, we'll get to that and more after the news. Here, we're going to be chatting a little bit uh, about that latest rule change as far as uh, the turkey licensing goes. We'll chat a little bit of more uh, stuff on the ice, and 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 wanted to get your opinion on the old eel pout festival. Sounds like that is. Gone by the wayside, unfortunately, as well. So we'll tell you about that when we come back after the news here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 1035, and anywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Well, now me and Homer Jones and Big John Talley had a big crap game going back in the alley. And I kept rolling them seven and winning all them pots. Into the second half of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and you can listen anytime for free on the iHeartRadio app. Just search Outdoor Adventures. All the past episodes on there, Kudak, I was... I was going through some of those here because we were chatting about that, you know, kind of how long we've been putting up with each other, which is, what, three, four, five years now going on? 
Well, yeah, we had that, but you know, we we had to put up each other back when we did it with Lesmeister too, you know. So yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's been a few years that we've we've had to put up with each other, and we haven't we haven't. Uh, it went to blows anyways, yes. <laughs> well, not yet. There's always next week, right? No, end of the month when you gotta come up for that fishing contest for for the on uh, we're gonna I don't we're gonna have to do something on on uh, that Saturday at the end of the month there for that wheels uh fish uh wheelhouse warrior deal out, out of Dickies there. Yeah, you we're, we're gonna have to figure out something to do there. Okay, well, we'll find out about that more next week. It sounds like you got something lined up, it sounds like. Yeah, we're going to have her on. Uh, and you know what? I, I come just like I asked you for your spelling of your last name. Her last name is Nelson, and I cannot think of her first name. Yep. Karina, but, I believe it is. We'll, 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 have, uh, we'll have her on. Uh, she's going to be running that wheelhouse for Warriors. A good event, and it all goes back to the veterans and for hunting and fishing trips. But we will have her on next Saturday, and we will find out all the particulars. And that'll be out at Dickies on Malax at the end of the month. It's a, a fishing contest with all kinds of prizes and this and that. But we'll we'll have her on on next Saturday for you know to get the particulars, and and we'll go from there. Sounds good. Looking forward to that coming up next week. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about this, Kudak, because I know you're not the uh, biggest uh, computer whiz, to say the least. But uh, this this new lottery application that you don't have to do anymore unless you're just doing those three management areas that that our guest Robin Smith mentioned. But um, it also says that you won't be restricted to a single area, which... Was that the case? You had to be in a certain area in the past. Yeah, if you were, yeah, but you you had to put in for your area to hunt that zone, or you know the management area or zone, whatever zones they had. Yeah, and you had to, you know, you had to put in that permit to get the lottery to hunt that zone for the, whatever that season was for them turkeys. Now I understand the way it, way it reads. I guess you could be able to go over to the, you know, wherever you get your license, get it. And then you should be able to, the way I understand it, I might be wrong, but I think you could hunt any zone. Yeah, that's where it says, it says this spring you'll no longer be restricted to a single permit area, with the exception of the three major wildlife management areas, like he mentioned, uh, Malax, Carlos Avery, and Whitewater Wildlife Management Areas. Um, with the exception of those, this new uh, spring turkey license will provide the opportunity to hunt all permit areas in the state so march 1st is the first day you can buy them and you just buy them over the counter it sounds i mean we've been doing it like that for years so i guess uh, maybe people are just used to doing it that way and that's well, why they it's, went back you know, to it. it's, it's kind of like a deer hunt license i had zone two and that goes you know for a week from from saturday to sunday and then i can also go hunt zone one or and and but i gotta be you know i gotta go by the law i can't I can't use my dope permit over there, but I could use you know, I could shoot a buck over there if I got a buck tag or whatever. So I mean they're they're opening it up for, for more people to get in there and buy the license and you know, instead of me hunting on this side of the road, if I wanted to go hunt on the other side of the road which is a different permit, I could go do that now. So it opens it up for the hunters. So look for that March first is the first day you can do that, so no more lottery mess, I guess, and kinda of waiting to see whether or not you got a permit. Yeah, yeah. Now you just go to the bait store, buy your permit and uh, your license, and and you're good to go. Then and you know it's uh, it's kind of a good deal because 
we drove around over the last couple of days. We were up doing some fishing up on Lake Stan up north there. And we went by some fields there, warm weather. We seen pheasants, and we seen one field that must have had, I, I would roughly guess, maybe 50 turkeys or more. I mean, they were everywhere. I mean, the, the turkeys are, you know, for years, we never had a lot when I first moved up in this country, but now we really got a lot of turkeys. I mean, they're they're all over. Now, I wanted to ask you about this, too. Uh, I don't know if I'm getting punked here or what, but uh, this is from the International Eel Pollock Festival. Supposedly they are canceling this year's event. Uh, it says, uh, to multiply, more attendees, more traffic, more trash, more safety concerns. Um, tried to work things out with the county for the past few months to develop a solution, but have come to an impasse on lake enforcement because of this. We're not only required to supply services and clean up, we're not allowed to control the lake, and the economics no longer work. So it sounds like they are proposing to move all the activity from the ice into downtown, which... Uh, I don't know, in my, in my I guess, opinion, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of it because it's it's an ice festival not a downtown concrete jungle festival yeah yeah that's if they end up canceling that which which sounds like they are gonna i mean you get that many kind of people and i mean it's it's been around that everybody wants to go catch a part it's a party on the on the ice i mean for years you got i mean it's it it draws a huge amount of revenue for that town and i can't believe that that they would cancel it, and the guy that owns it, the the, the old Paul deal is a good friend of mine, and uh, well, and I'm sure with the ice conditions that they are, because they are bad up there with the water and stuff, and you know I'm sure that if somebody wasn't getting their palms greased or whatever, whoever, who knows the whole story, we'll probably never know it, but uh, that's going to be a big hit for Walker. That was a big that was. Them stores downtown and the bars and restaurants, they, they made a lot of money on that deal, Paul Festival. I mean, it was a, you know, a weekend deal, but it went for, for a week. And I mean, uh, I hope somebody else picks it up. I, I would like to see that go because that was, that was a, that was a good deal. I mean, they, they should be able to work out something, uh, you know, to do it. Yeah. Well, I think part of it too is, uh, you know, just, you know, and I, I'll be, I'll be, uh, Complete uh, full disclosure here. I've not been to the Ilpod Festival in in many, 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 many years, but it sounds like something where, you know, there there was. I, I'm guessing you know the sheriff has to obviously be there for certain reasons for enforcement, and it sounds like to me from reading what what the folks from the headquarters are seeing for the Ilpod Festival is. You know, it just got to the point where it was too expensive for that, um, both for law enforcement and and as well as for for the cleanup afterwards. And I can only imagine what the place looked like after three days of uh, drunken fun out on the ice. Oh yeah, I mean, you. And the, I've been there, you know, three, four years, five years, or whatever in a row. And I mean, there's a there's a lot of people there. I mean, it's it's it gets bigger and bigger every year, and you know, and you know, people don't pick up after themselves, but yeah, the majority of them do, but there's a lot of them that, you know, they go party and there's beer cans, there's crap laying everywhere. You know, they, they, they wrote it for themselves. Then, you know, you got, you got the, the sheriffs and the, 
the town cops, the water patrol, the DNR. I mean, they're all there, you know, to try to keep law enforcement and keep everybody from, you know, staying out of trouble. And, yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. I'm sure that uh, it probably just got so big that, you know, it's kind of like the perch extravaganza, or not the perch extravaganza, yeah, the perch extravaganza. You know, that's, that's getting bigger and bigger every year, but the guys up in Brainerd, the Brainerd JCs, Benji and the boys, you know, they got a good handle on it. They got good groups there. And, you know, it's, it's a weekend deal. They're there, you know, it's Friday, Saturday. And there's, I think that Brainerd JC is probably bigger than the Eopalk Festival, if not close. And, you know, and, but they got enough people there that they go out at the end of the deal and, you know, they got a million bathrooms out there. They got garbage cans. And, and I, I think they, they do a wonderful job of cleaning stuff up and take care of stuff. People, you know, I think they respect it. You know, you gotta, you gotta pick up after yourself and take your stuff with you. Yeah, there's always a few bad bananas. So uh, I think we got some callers on the line. If you'd like to pipe in on the Impout Festival, uh, 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. One more to go when Outdoor Adventures continues after the break. segment of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk. I want to invite you to head on over to our Facebook page. You can just search Outdoor Adventures if you haven't been there yet. Or if you have, give us a like and uh, follow us there on Facebook. Plenty of pictures, videos, links to all our friends and family there on Facebook. Just search Outdoor Adventures. And got a lot of hits on that. Uh, a lot of people going into the lakes here lately. We got a lot of photos of that. And unfortunately, uh, people aren't heeding the warnings out there, Kuduk. No, no, there's, uh, you know, people are, are venturing where they shouldn't be. And, you know, I see a uh, few going in up north. And you know what? Or, you know, like, I, like we've been talking about for the last, I don't know, three, four weeks, talk to the resort guys, talk to the guides, talk to the bait store people. And, you know, there's, you know, you got, well, actually got, you know, three inches here and, 16 inches there with a big pile of snow. You know, you got to be careful. These guys got roads pulled out. They're out there working their butts off. These resort guys, you know what? Go ask them. You know, pay the 10 bucks and that way these guys will steer you in the right direction. You know, fish ain't worth killing, getting lost and get killed over. That is definitely the truth. And it's always best to go to the people that, that know what's going on. And especially this year, it's just kind of been a weird year. I remember. Back in November, and I thought, oh, man, I'm going to have my skid house out by Thanksgiving and be driving my four-wheeler, maybe even my truck, for sure, by by Christmas. And, and here we are at the beginning of the new year, 2020, and and uh, I know I won't be driving on the area lakes here in the metro uh, with my truck because I know a couple of them already have tried that, and it didn't turn out too well for them. 
No, I there was one, one in Forest Lake, and there was a couple of Minnetonka. Uh, I've seen a few on Mille Lacs, and you know, I just getting offshore where it's, we had all that rain and this and that. Well, the shoreline got a little crispy, and you know, now the resort guys are are putting little bridges up or they're packing snow on, and it's freezing now at night because it's getting cold at night. And I, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's a it, to me. You park the wheel also on shore, or unless you got a resort that's out there checking ice that's got good ice that you know he can you know tell you go here, go there, yeah, go up. But it's a, it's a portable, it's a portable season. You know, get the portables out the four wheelers. If you got to walk, walk, or, or you know, some of these resorts got little dicky trucks. They'll pull your fish house out there for you. You know, you call the resorts. I know Dicky's Dicky on the east side. He's got good ice over there. And I think hunters are starting to pull some houses out. There's some wheel houses out there, but. You know, they've been flooding, and they've been working at it. And, you know, you go up there and be safe and have a good time. If you're bringing the family and kids, you, you don't want to go put them in the drink. No, definitely not. And and it's, it's not even funny. It's sad, actually. But we are just chatting about the Yilpout Festival and, you know, the, the problems they're having there and maybe canceling it because of not only uh, law enforcement but also the, the cleanup afterwards. So I was just uh, clicking around because I was checking out our page so I could – kind of let people know what, what's on there and stuff. And I saw this photo here on another page with garbage on the lake uh, up there on Mille Lacs, a couple of Big Macs and some chicken nuggets. So, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable how how big a, you know, and I get it. Granted, I'm, I'm one of the biggest slobs in the world when it comes to my own stuff. But you know what? When I'm in somebody else's house, you know, I, I I abide by their rules and and all that. And when I'm on the lake, I, I pick my stuff up, and it's just kind of kind of disheartening to see that there's just people out there that really don't give a you know what. Yeah, and you, and you, you know, I've I've been seeing it for years where you know you go out there and there's, there's a guy fishing here, and pretty soon there's you know pop cans or whatever there or this or that. So you you know you pick it up and you throw it in the back of the truck, it's more work for the resorters or the guides or whatever. And, you know, you want to keep it clean. I mean, you want to go out and have a good time. You brought garbage. Would you take garbage back? The, the, you know, the gas stations or the resorts got a dumpster there. Throw it in there. Definitely. Uh, pick it up on the way out, too. I, I end up doing that a lot if I see a beer can or something, you know, laying around. I try to pick them all up and, and, and bring them in. So. But anyways, I mean, if... if the the fish are biting. I mean, I've been up on uh, Lake Stanley there, that little lake we fished that we named after you. And me and Roadkill Al were up there, and me and Uncle Phil were there. And, you know, we caught we caught a lot of fish on plastics, and I mean, we we had uh, we had fun, and it, you know, and there was a bunch of kids out there, and I was really chuckling because these kids, I was watching them sitting in the fish house there, and they were they were having a good time catching fish. Bob, I mean, there was a whole family of them out there, and I mean, they were having a blast. And I thought, no, what better, you know, they were on Christmas break or spring break or Christmas break, I guess it was. And they were having fun and, you know, and, but it was, a, it was a good thing to see that all these kids were out there fishing. I mean, they were having a good time. Definitely. What, what fun can you have with your family or your, you know, and take them kids, a bunch of kids out, let them catch a bunch of fish. Now I have to ask you before, before, you know, you got me going earlier and we're going to get to that here before the end of the show. Cause I got, got a bone to pick with you, but I have to ask you before, Be nice, Stanley. before, before we get to that, gosh darn it, you, I tell you what, you're unbelievable, but I want to ask you your advice here because 
we have a, you, you know the school teachers, and then we got the banker guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so we we have a little uh, little uh, disagreement in the group here that's been going on. Uh, we found a one of the, one of the three. I'll well, just put it well. We'll put it this way: one of the teachers, one of the school teachers, kind of found a hot spot here uh, this this uh, early ice season. In our uh, home area, I'll just put put it that way. And, of course, wouldn't you know it, the banker, you know, trying to seal a deal probably with a client, knowing this guy, starts telling his buddies from out of town about our hot spot. And now they're showing up. He said, oh, yeah, you know, they'll just come maybe this weekend and, you know, catch a couple crappies and go home. You know, they, they're not going to be up there that much. Well, the school teacher's been monitoring it because he lives close by the lake, and those guys have been out there at least three, four times, and he's they've only known it for a couple of weeks, so they're kind of invading our territory. So, should we go after the banker and kick him out of our fishing group, or should we go after the guys from Glencoe and, and scare him off the lake? Well, first off, you get the banker and you you abolish him from the from the group. Yeah, and you you really make him suffer when he goes out there and starts fishing. You go take your fish houses and you go surround him. Yeah, and start drilling a bunch of holes. Okay, so now they ain't going to catch any fish for a while. Yeah, <laughs> and then you go to his fish house and take all his beer and drink it. <laughs> well, that I think we can do. That and then he, sure. then, he, then, then you know he ain't coming back because he ain't going to have any beer or bait. Oh man, we are really upset with the guy, and I, I don't know what we're going to do with him. But you know, you, you give him a, give him an inch, they take you a mile. You know what I say? Oh, I've been there and done it. I, I've had I've had people. I send them out to a spot, and and I've I got clients coming out, and and I come out there, and it looks like uh, a fishing contest. They had everybody and their brother out there, and I I said to the guy, you know, I told you, you know. You were coming out to do a picture shoot or whatever, and we were catching big perch at the time. And I looked around, and I went, oh, I couldn't get to my spot. Well, back in the day, I was, <laughs> I plowed him in with the big beef plow. <laughs> he couldn't get out. Yeah. He wasn't real happy. And I said, well, neither was I. I said, now my customers, I was going to take him out here fishing the spot because I had a good perch bite going on, and there were big jumbos back in the day. And, oh, yeah, it's uh I, I learned my lesson. Now it's Lake Stanley, Lake X, Lake George. Where do you fish? Oh, way up north. I don't tell anybody nothing anymore. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to banish him from our group and, and, and send him on his way. But we'll, we'll give you an update here on Outdoor Adventure and let you know how that saga continues on. But before we go here, we chatted a little bit earlier about you can go on the free iHeartRadio app and, and, and download the old episodes. We and Kudak have been doing this show for, what, four years or so, and then he did it with uh, Tim Lesmeister before that, and I just kind of pushed the buttons for the show. But basically, long and the short of it is, Chris Kudak and myself, Stan Pago, we've, we've known each other for at least five years, probably closer to ten years, and we had a little conversation, you know, we chat before the show, you know, what do you want to talk about? What do I want to talk about? All this and that. And I tell you what, you got me going today. Of all things, get this. No, get this, listeners. Okay, 
So you've been friends with, imagine that you in this situation, you've been friends with this guy, you get along, you've been out fishing with him, you had some beers with him, telling jokes with this guy, you talk to him a couple days a week, you know, you, you, you find out what's going on in the world and argue about politics and all this good stuff, what friends do, and after eight years he says, what's your last name again? How do you spell that? No. It's only I knew five, la- it's I, only no, five I knew letters. But you ever have one of them brain farts where you can't think of something? It was, you know, I've spelled your name a million times. And oh, when sure, yeah. Asking from the yeah. uh, Fish House Warriors, Wheelhouse Warriors, and just I just could not think of it. It was just boop, like it was, you know, it was, it, yeah. You know, I've spelled your name a million times on this and that and stuff we've done. They just come one of them. I just couldn't think of it. It was boop. I just, yeah, like yeah. I had the... Uh, Whatever. Yeah, yeah, you keep making up excuses, just like those uh, hot lures I was supposed to get from you here a month ago. But that didn't that didn't uh, deter me, buddy, from from you know picking you up something for the Christmas season and and for the new year. Uh, it's it's in the secretary's freezer right now. I have to get that for you. But I have something I think you're really going to want to get your hands on. But you know, after after this whole ordeal, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're not such a good friend after all. I mean, come on. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, you know, I, I really feel bad, Sid. I, I'm going to not sleep tonight. It's yep. going to be uh, yeah, like I've never took care yeah. of you anywhere or any time when we'd go up and do the governor's opener night. Oh, and here we go. Stick you in your room and tuck you in and uh, wake oh, you yeah. in the morning and drive you around. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a good thing because uh, the studio is getting flooded with it's a matter right now. I need to get my boots on and get the heck out of here. That's legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer, Chris Kudak. I'm Stan Poggle, average everyday outdoorsman and two-time reigning bottle bass champion. Enjoy your time in the outdoors. We'll chat with you here next week. Speaking of beer, Drew and Schmitty, Minnesota Beer Cast right here at the top of the hour after the news.